0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 83 The Pros and Cons of Living Like a Minimalist. Disclaimer I put the word like in there because I do not claim to be a minimalist in my life, period. I know I harp on getting rid of clutter and stuff, but our life is very real. Our home is very real. We do sometimes battle the clutter demons in our home. So, But for this season of my life, I've been living like a minimalist. And if you haven't kind of kept up with these episodes, I'll bring you up to speed. We are making a major move from our beloved home in Las Vegas, Nevada to Southeast Georgia this summer. So houses under contract We're packing our bags, we're packing our boxes, and we're getting ready to make a cross-country move. So in the process of this, I have gotten our home ready. I'm also in real estate, so I understand the importance of having a really clean and decluttered and depersonalized home in order to get it market ready. So that's what we have worked on these past few months. And as I've been doing it, I'm kind of like taking some notes, some mental notes, and like "Hmm." some things that I'm learning about myself, some things that are definitely great information to share with my podcast audience in case you find yourself in this situation either now or in the near future. So, one of the things that I'm learning about myself and my family is sometimes we can be a little bit stubborn in some areas. And my husband, he doesn't always listen to every episode, so I'm gonna share a little something with him that I've really kind of <laughs> has really been brought to light lately. So my husband, I've known this forever. I realized early on while we were dating is a total music snob. So he, is I noticed this like one time when we were dating, a song from The Who came on, and I who I love music, I love singing, even though I can't sing. Um, I was like, ooh, I love this song. It's the Teenage Wasteland song, and he like looked at me and he's like, it's called Baba O'Reilly, and I was like, ooh, okay. Um, and like, we'll be like in a car ride and like, we're listening to, I don't know, like Yacht Rock or something, a Yacht Rock station. Cause you know, sometimes you need a little like seventies, eighties, soft rock, easy listening in your life. And again, I'll be like belting out the tunes and the kids are like, mom, this is actually kind of a cool song. Who sings it? God forbid if my husband hears me guess. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's like Michael McDonald's and my husband's like Doobie Brothers. I'm like, all right, dude. Okay. You have more music knowledge. Like you're a music encyclopedia. I am not. So that brings me to this one area of our house, his CD collection. Now, when we moved into our current home about four and a half years ago, I actually made the family get rid of our DVDs. The DVDs that half of them didn't work. The DVD boxes that were empty. Um, also pointing out that we don't even have a, a DVD player in our house anymore. Um, when it broke, we realized we just never replaced it because we stream everything. We stream movies. We have the Amazon, Netflix, whatever, whatever subscription we have. We probably like, I get the six ninety nine charge of my account. So. I did kind of put my foot down with the DVDs a few years ago, and I was like, we're not taking these to the new house. But there was no way back then I knew I could address the CDs. But now that we're making this major move across country, they're heavy. There is a lot of them. I'm really kind of like at the standoff with my husband, I'm like make a decision, make some decisions. Here's the thing, just like the DVDs. We don't even have a CD player anymore. We don't have one in our cars. We don't have one in our house. But he insists on holding on to these. He doesn't think it's going to take up much space in the um, moving storage pod cube things that we're having to use to move across country. So we'll, we'll see who wins this battle. But I will tell you this, a, a couple of notes to learn, you know, when it comes to not just moving, but maybe marriage are this. This is what I'm kind of trying to remind him. Number one is that in a marriage, one person does not get to just dictate that in a marriage, there are limited resources that we are dealing with, like in this move, time, space, and money. And just like other areas of our marriage where we have limited resources, we have to learn how to prioritize. And in that prioritization comes a lot of compromise. Sometimes I get my way. Sometimes he gets his way. Sometimes neither one of us get our way and we have to figure out a compromise. And so that's kind of the tack that I'm taking. I'm just like, hey, you know, a little reminder. I have to be, I've always had to be very careful with my husband. I can't, as he calls it, one organized mama his life. So I've always been very like respectful um, for the most part of his time and, his space and, you know, what he does with his stuff. You know, I I just leave it to him. I'm definitely not that wife that goes in and just like throws out his clothes. Usually, sometimes I do put my foot down, like get rid of those sweats, like they're completely ragged (laughs) at the bottom. And so, you know, I have my moments, but for the most part, I do actually really try to respect his, um, his stuff, his time and what he chooses to do with it. But I think I might have to kind of put my foot down a little bit with this, these CDs and realize that he is actually kind of maybe keeping a hold of them for maybe not the most practical reasons. And the music snob also, this is something that super annoys me. If it is a cool CD, then it's his. If it's like un what he deems uncool, then it's a, my CD. So I'm like, whatever. I'm just like swallowing my pride and just taking it. So I'll let you know how uh, that ends up working out. All right. So I um, organized my notes to a list of pros and a list of cons. I'm going to go through the pros first. So the pros, the things that I'm like, ooh, I kind of like this. I think I might actually, you know, pare down my life a little bit more um, once we get to our new home. So pro number one is this. Basically, you just realize how much stuff you really don't need. Um, Definitely something that 's been nice, like I just I go shopping a lot less um, <laughs> we're we 've had this battle, this family battle about um, paper towels. I refuse to buy them anymore. I think they're uh, there's why are paper towels like twenty five dollars i don 't understand it i can 't stand um, unnecessary waste, um, and so I refuse to buy paper towels, so right now from, you know, 2020, we have, um, when we couldn't buy toilet paper, I ended up buying a case of tissue, like tissue boxes, um, to keep as um, a backup for if we ran out of toilet paper. And so right now on the middle of my kitchen table is a box of tissue. So if somebody needs a napkin, they can take a tissue. So like if we order pizza, you have a tissue to use with your pizza. I'm not buying paper towels right now. So, I am just trying to teach my family, like sometimes there's stuff that we can live without. We have too much stuff. So that's one thing that I'm teaching them. Okay. Another pro is you can easily find your stuff. It's actually been really nice, like paring down closets, paring down shoes, um, that kind of thing where I kind of walk around and, you know, I'm showing especially my youngest who can be a little bit of a pack rat. I'm like, look, you can find your stuff. Like you, your shoes are lined up in your closet. You can find them. All right, another pro that I'm finding is that we kind of realize we do have enough space, and I've talked about this um, before. Is in Las Vegas homes tend to be newer, so the newer homes tend to be more spacious, like the quote-unquote open concept. You know, they generally have you know bigger closets, bigger bathrooms, that type of thing. Moving to the southeast where the homes generally tend to be a little bit older. and um, Some of them go back to like the 1800s. Um, space is definitely at a premium. And so, like I said, you know, we are moving here. I'm like, hmm, we're moving from kind of a Las Vegas McMansion, which is kind of a local term we all call our homes because... they're they're just kind of generally bigger. And we're having to go to something much more realistic. And so I've definitely realized, you know what, we have a lot of space. And also that thing that kind of happens that the more space you have, the more stuff you kind of get to fill it. So being able to be very conscious about the stuff that we bring into our home, to me personally, has been really, really great. And like, Kind of like gratifying and stuff because I'm like, we have plenty of space. We have more than enough space for all of our stuff in our house. And I have a feeling kind of taking this mindset to our new home, even though it may be quite a bit smaller, I feel like I'm probably going to have a very similar mindset of like, we don't actually need that. We don't use it. It doesn't have a purpose in our home. And if we get rid of that, we actually have enough space for the things that we actually do use. All right. That brings me to having a home for every item in our home. All right. So let me dive into this just a little bit and use it as a point to reiterate that I teach in the decluttering. um, My decluttering course is this. Every item in your home should have a place where it belongs. If it does not, then that to me is my definition of clutter. So I know this again, working with clients and working with my own family. When I'm going through something, a lot of times there's those little odds and ends that you come across. I saw this a lot of times with clients i my family does this too, and they're just like they don't know what to do with this stuff. It looks important, looks like it needs to be kept. So what happens? What do most people do? A lot of times it gets like kind of scooped into a uh, tub, a laundry basket into a God forbid junk drawer. And then what happens? Does it ever get put away? Does it ever really get dealt with? No, probably what happens, it just gets transferred to another box, like during a move, and then just gets dumped into a moving box. And then you just open that box. And then what happens? You don't want to deal with it. And so probably more stuff gets added. And then you just end up with boxes of stuff that have junk that you don't know where it goes. You're sure it's important, that kind of thing. So it has this like snowball effect. And that's what clutter does. It really does. Clutter attracts more clutter. That's why I always teach like your space should be purposeful. You don't have to have this like Museum type of home that you live in it, but your your space and your items should have purpose, even if that purpose is like an enjoyment. Um, but this is something that is definitely uh, very important to again eliminate clutter. So, what do you do? What do you do with that space? Well, again, I kind of go through this with my decluttering course. So, if that's something that you're wanting to learn more about, definitely reach out to me. Um, But what I teach everyone to do, and I do this with my family. So, we've finished kind of tidying it up, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, guys, there'll be like a bunch of stuff left on a kitchen counter. I'm like, everyone, come over here. Let's deal with this. I don't want this stuff to be left on the kitchen counter because as we go through our day, I do it too. We just throw something, we'll toss something there and then just adds up. And before you know it, that kitchen counter, it just becomes sort of this collection place for more junk and clutter. My family hates it. They're probably like cursing me under their breath while I'm like, everybody come here. I start to pick up the stuff. I'm like, who does this belong to? It's mine. Hand it to them to go put away in your room. Who uses this? I do. Where does it where do you use it at? Go put it where you use it. What is this? Nobody can say. Are you guys sure? Take a good look at it. It's going to get tossed or donated if it's something that's could be useful for somebody else. Walking through this process and actually dealing with every little thing, even if it's down to a little thumbtack or paperclip, deal with it create a home for it. If it is something that a lot of times that'll happen, like, what is this? Oh, it's mine, but I don't know where to put it. It doesn't fit my room or it doesn't fit in the kitchen or I can't find any place for it. Then we create a home for it. This doesn't mean that you have to overcomplicate it. Again, you go through the process. Where is it used? If it's something that's used in the kitchen, then I will very conscientiously make a spot for it. And if it is something that I realize is not getting used down the road, they told me they were going to use it, but they don't, then it is something that will eventually get tossed. And I have to sneeze here in just a second. I'm holding back. Okay. Anyway, I digress. So a home for every item in your home. This doesn't mean you have to like rule like a dictator, but you just have to be very purposeful and practical about the stuff that you have and the space that you have for it. All right. The next pro that I have found living like a minimalist is it's been so easy to keep our house clean. Like when we were going through before house went under contract, the showings, when I like barge in my daughter's room and be like, we have a showing in an hour and, you know, like help me clean up. For the most part, we could get like cleaned up in about 15 minutes. Like it was just nice. Everything had a plenty of space. Things had been pared down. We usually just had to like, you know, kind of wipe down counters or run the vacuum real quick. And it was done in like 15 minutes. And I was like, talk, of, you know me, I love to save time. Talk about a time saver. I was super, super happy that it was just easy to show our house because and make it look like human beings did not live here for showings, you know. It's always nice to have a, a house where it's depersonalized, decluttered. You want to look like... This is my children's perfectly appointed playroom, and the children are not actually allowed in it for the period of time that you're trying to sell your house. All right. The uh, last thing that I have, and my dog is going crazy right now. He's being put in his kennel, just so you know. So my apologies for hearing the dog in the background, Um, is and this is not, I'm not bragging on myself. We all do this. So just forgive me as I uh, tell you this, but it is truly, truly, truly uh, real that one person's trash is another person's treasure. And so We have found this out and we have this wonderful, wonderful gentleman named Willie now. My husband said he's an older gentleman that we found. We gave him a dresser. My husband had this dresser that I was like, there's no way that's coming to Georgia with us. The bottom left railing drawer thing had been broken since I've known him and we've been together going on 14 years, but I let him have his dresser. He has some kind of sentimental attachment to it, but it's ginormous and I'm like, it, it, we can find something smaller. And, um, and so I said, let's, you know, because it was broken, I was like, let's just try to give it away to, for free. It's actually in decent condition with the exception of the the drawer railings on one drawer being broken. So I did what everyone else does, put a message out there in the world, in the social media realm to say, Hey, selling this stuff and or selling it. But, um, giving away this dresser for free. And uh, the very first person I got tons of responses was this gentleman named Willie. And he said, I can be there in an hour to pick it up. And I'm like, deal, it's yours. So he came with a pickup truck. My husband helped him load it. And they spent a few minutes outside talking. And he just was profusely thankful for this dresser. He said, he is um, getting a fresh start. We didn't ask, none of our business. But my husband said, super grateful guy super thankful for getting a dresser he now has a place where he can put his clothes so i was like awesome i you know makes you feel good when you can bless somebody with your stuff and so um uh he sent me a message and said i just want to thank you again i thank you so much for the dresser it's a lovely dresser i now have somewhere where i can put my clothes and i was like oh my gosh you are so welcome but he was genuinely thankful for this. And I love that. I love, doesn't that make you feel good when you're like, no, really? I mean, it was minimal effort on our part, but somebody who received it, it meant so much to them. So then, um, again, I said, well, my husband said that you're kind of looking for more stuff. Give me some ideas of what you have. Cause we're making this major move and I'd be happy to give you some other items because I hate selling it. I can't stand side note. It doesn't make any sense to me the stuff selling. i I it doesn't. like I have tried to sell because some of the stuff I'm like, eh, let me see if I can get a few bucks for this. And some of the stuff that I've put out there that people will get in like bidding wars over, like a kettlebell, and I literally priced it and this person paid more for the kettlebell than they could have purchased it for full you know, brand new and then other stuff where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is hand painted. This is so cute. You know, people will love this." And then I have to keep dropping the price. So, I hate hate selling stuff. So, if I can give it away for free, bonus, this is awesome. So, back to Willie. So, I was asking him like, "Tell me some other stuff." And he's like, "Well, you know, if if you happen to have a bed, I I don't even have a bed right now. Um I have an air mattress, but the air leaks out every night." And I was like, we have a bed. We're going to, you know, beds are hard to get rid of. So I said, let me send you some photos of this bed and then a date where you can come pick it up. Again, profusely thankful. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not the only one that does this. I'm here to just remind you that your stuff can truly bless somebody else And so just look for opportunities out there. Look for opportunities in your community. Um, I have a wonderful, amazing, sweet friend, and she told me about an organization that helps um, a lot of refugees from Afghanistan get settled in our city, and they come here with nothing. They have children. The children have nothing. They've left everything behind. What a wonderful opportunity to bless families or people who are just trying to get up you know, fresh start, uh, you know, get on their feet again type of situation. So definitely look for opportunities because it, it, it does. I mean, who knew giving a dresser away would be like such a wonderful thing to somebody. And sometimes those of us who have a lot of stuff sometimes forget how something as simple as that can really, really help, you know, another human being out. So encourage you to continue to do that out there. And good job for those of you that do. All right. So let's get on to the con side. All right. So what are the cons of living like a minimalist? Number one, out of sight, out of mind. I have found this like I'm, again, like a conspicuous person. Like I need to put it in a place. So my desk. I usually have my to-dos and a desk and post-it notes. And when especially we we're doing the showings, all of that stuff had to go into a drawer. And there were times where I was like, Ugh, I totally forgot about that out of sight, out of mind. So <laughs> I look forward to getting back to the days where I can keep something like um, right in front of my face so that I don't forget it. Because sometimes it is you need to be kind of conspicuous. My apologies, I don't want to have to stop recording and re-record, but my dog is barking. He we're having we're having a moment with him. So he uh he is being retrained to behave a little bit better. So um the next con is you only have a one of every item. <laughs> I went a little crazy, freely admit with my family, and I was like, one, you can keep one. You can keep one of that item until um, I ran into a situation with myself where um, I usually have two pairs of walking slash running shoes in my closet, and I pared down to one pair. And then on, uh, gosh, two weeks ago, I couldn't find them anywhere. I was like, there's nothing in this house. How can I not find my shoes? Well, what I had done is on Easter Sunday, I thought I was going to go. We went over to my mom's. I thought I was going to go to the park with the kids. So I had worn dress shoes over and I was like, ooh, let me take my tennis shoes and some walking clothes in case I walk the kids over to the park. Totally just spaced it that they were in a bag that still happened to be in my car. And so I spent like a week searching and being a psycho and like yelling at my daughter and like, did you wear my shoes? You're always wearing my shoes. Or blaming my youngest, like you probably just push put them somewhere because you want to go put them away when I ask you to because his job is to when we take our shoes off by the doors to go put them away. And um, yeah, I was I was terrible about it freely admit. And so I then had to eat some humble pie when I found them in the car. And I remembered, oh, yeah. (laughs) So I had to go back and tail between my legs and apologize. And also apologize because I realized, like, it's sometimes unnecessary to just have, like, one of every item. Think about it. Phone chargers sometimes we need one by the bedside. We need one downstairs. We need one in the car. We need one at the office. So it's kind of unrealistic to just have like one of every item. And so that is something that I'm super excited to change when we get to our new home and settled. Okay. This is the next one. And this is something like, let me let me just preface this by saying, I know. So again, my home is very much a real home. i very proud of that. Very, very proud of that fact. It's not a showroom kind of home. It kind of annoys me when people are like, oh, you're a professional organizer. Can I come look at your home? I'm like, no, no, I don't want you in my stuff. Sometimes I will show photos or reels now on Instagram of spaces, but I am also very uh, honest about it and letting you guys know like, that, um, space is something I just tidied up or whatever. So it's not like we live like in a museum all the time. Um, someone with a very loud power tool is now working in my home. I cannot win right now. Okay. So we're just going to keep going with this. (laughs) This is real life. Um, So we, I kind of got lost and thrown off. I'm like, really, is this happening right now? Um, One of the cons that I have found is that when you completely depersonalize your home, you have to do this funny thing with real estate. You have to depersonalize your home so that potential buyers can see themselves in your home. It really is a psychological thing. I go through homes all the time with clients and they, there's photos, if there's personal stuff, they are like... You know, looking at the photos or walking around or making assumptions. So it really is a, a good tactic to try to depersonalize your home. But one of the cons is it makes your home feel less homey. It kind of makes your home feel a little bit cold. And it's kind of like I've you know, when you go into homes and you're like, oh my gosh, this house is beautiful, but if you spend any time in the home, you're like, oh, the furniture is a little bit uncomfortable, or you're just kind of nervous. You feel like you don't completely get to relax. You feel like, you know, there's a lot of rules in these homes sometimes. And I, I have people in my life that I've experienced this with where you can never fully relax. And I never, ever, ever want my home to be like that for myself or my family or for the people that come to visit. And so I'm very conscientious about just making my home be like kind of a respite whether it be for us or the people that we invite and include in it. And I'm very proud for not having like a ton of rules. But I have had a ton of rules in my home while we're putting it on the market. I've had to just to keep it clean and pristine and make sure that we hand over what, you know, we're supposed to to the new buyers. It reminded me of when I was a child. Um, we had like, we were like the poor cousins. We were the poor kids of our family. And we had uh, cousins that had, you know, were much wealthier or were wealthy. And I absolutely love my aunt to death. But I remember going to her beautiful, beautiful, beautiful home. And I was obsessed with the downstairs bathroom because there were there were rules for the downstairs bathroom. And you could use it but, and you could certainly wash your hands, but then you had to wipe out the sink after every use and you were never, ever allowed to take a shower in that bathroom. And it had the most beautiful tile. I remember with like scenes of birds looked very like, it just was very pretty and fancy and I had never seen such a fancy bathroom ever before in my life. And, but the thing is, is that again, I remember as a kid and it kind of stuck with me that it was also not necessarily to be utilized or enjoyed. In fact, even though she let us use it, if she'd always try to encourage us, especially as kids, to go upstairs and use one of the upstairs bathrooms instead. Um, but that is one thing that... So it's something that I'm, again, looking forward to. I don't like so many rules in my house. And I'm absolutely okay not having a showroom house or something that would be, you know the center of a a pin on Pinterest, I'm absolutely okay having a home where I don't have to constantly bark rules and commands and reminders to everybody that walks in the doors, like put on the shoe booties, or please don't walk on the carpet with with your shoes on, or, you know, make sure everything goes in the dishwasher immediately. Um, I'm actually pretty excited to get back to kind of normal life and not have so many rules. Okay, the next thing it kind of goes along with the first or the the one I just said is that sometimes it's a little bit boring, and I realize that <laughs> sometimes when you have stuff and you have stuff going on in your home it's, it's kind of fun you know it's you can get like a puzzle started over here and then go cook some cookies over there and when you've peered down a lot of that stuff has been out or in boxes, sometimes your house can get a little boring and so Definitely something that um, we are experiencing. And I put in the notes Pokemon cards. I have to tell you guys. So, my I two boys, my oldest and my youngest, are boys. And they're 16 years apart. And uh, <laughs> so they're almost a generation apart, right? So, my oldest was super into Pokemon cards. And I guess it's like made a comeback recently. So my youngest is super into them, but because he like inherited them from his older brother, he really, somebody, I'm sure his older brother told him like, these could be worth some money. So to a 10 year old in his brain, he's like, which means they're worth a million dollars. So part of the decluttering process was having to remove the Pokemon cards that he displayed on the fireplace mantel. And we asked him, why did you do this? He's like, because these are maybe worth a million dollars. So he was like showing off his potentially million dollar Pokemon card collection that he inherited from his older brother. And uh, you got to admit, it's kind of funny. So we don't have any Pokemon card displays right now in our home. So there's there's not those kind of fun family touches. It's It's, it's a little bit boring around here. All right. The next con is becoming (laughs) obsessive with every flaw. I have the Lady Macbeth syndrome, like out damn spot, out damn spot. I was telling my girlfriend this the other day. I was like, we're doing a showing. um, And I was like racing through and cleaning the toilets. And I was like, fiercely, I mean, the house is pretty dang clean. And I was like, fiercely like scrubbing. There was like a stain in the toilet bowl. And I was like, I literally had to stop myself. I was like, I can deal with this later. Like I don't have to fiercely scrub this out of the toilet bowl like, but I was just panicked. I was like paranoid, like I'm just noticing everything. If it was six months ago, I probably wouldn't even noticed that spot in the toilet bowl, but because everything is like kind of stark and organized and clean, I just now hyper focus on something like I'll be sitting there and we'll be watching you know, a show or something and my eye just will keep going to like (laughs) something in the corner and I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to deal with that. And like, I can't, I have to like turn it off because again, I probably wouldn't have noticed it before, but I think the pressure of, you know, having your house on the market and all of that stuff, it just makes you like kind of go through and like, oh, I need to fix this or at least it does for me. So that is definitely something that I'm super, super happy to just kind of like let go of and not be so like out damn spot Lady Macbeth. All right. I need to end this because dog is now barking. Someone's using power tools downstairs, even though I told them I was recording a podcast upstairs and I had very limited time today to get this out. So we're going to wrap this up here in just a minute. And with my very last point of sometimes when you get rid of a lot of stuff, it's not the great way to save money or to have a great time management system. Going back to keeping one of every item type of thing, I have had to find (laughs) that I packed something a little too early, earlier than I I thought we were not going to need this. Turns out we did need it. And then I have to go run out and buy something else, which Takes up limited resources of time and money, so I just want to give this as like a forewarning to you. Just be a little bit more practical. I mean, I feel like we did pretty good as a family, but definitely some areas that we could have probably improved on a little bit. Um, I just wanted to also let you guys know as I wrap this up that few things if you're just looking for a little bit more. First and foremost. I am starting, uh, I'm calling it the monthly coaching. So I know a lot of you guys ask me for like printables or resources when it comes to managing your professional organizing business, decluttering, or time management. I have the online courses. Sometimes they're kind of hit and miss. Sometimes they resonate with people. Sometimes they don't. So what I've decided to do is to sort of bring all of the resources under one umbrella and uh, put it out there in a coaching format, so this is how it works every Sunday, or first, you choose your topic: how to manage your professional organizing business, how to declutter your home or your life, or my time management journal and you choose a topic and it starts over every month. so it's I want this to be something it's not like a recurring subscription. I want it to be something that you're very purposeful of. And you're like, hey, this is my month where I want to learn this new skill. I will probably have other topics coming up in the future. So no matter when you're listening to this, feel free to reach out to me and I'll give you a schedule or let you know what we're doing currently. But every Sunday, you're going to get a piece of content. It might be a video. It might be a printable. It's Maybe it's a challenge or a how-to. And that is what I want you to focus on for the week. The next Sunday, you're going to get another piece of content. So each Sunday is going to be a piece of content. It's going to be small, digestible, something that you can manage to fit into your life and do to help you in whichever topic that you've chosen. Once a month, I'm going to hop on Zoom, and you're going to know the date well ahead of time in the first um, of the month. You're going to know the schedule of when I'm going to do the Zoom, and this is going to be the Q&A. So this is your time to hop on with other participants in that group for the month, and you get to ask me your questions. So it's a little different than the one-on-one coaching, which is something that I'm still doing. So if you just want one-on-one time with me, happy to do the one-on-one coaching. Reach out to me at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. If you have any questions about either coaching, the team monthly coaching or the one-on-one coaching, you can do both. Um, You can do one or the other. And I would be happy to let you know. I also lastly wanted to let those of you who are in the professional organizing industry know that I constantly get asked, do you know a professional organizer in my city? All over. Now that this podcast reaches a pretty wide audience, I get questions all the time. So I have some opportunities. If you'd like to advertise for your um, professional organizing or professional organizing related business, definitely let me know, um, and I'll give you um, again. Reach out via email, or you can follow me on Instagram. Send me a DM at One Organized Mamas or One Organized Mama at gmail.com. So a lot of stuff out there if you just need a little bit more. So I had to kind of keep this short. So sorry about all those interruptions. I have to go downstairs and see what's going on with my dog and who is using the power tool when I told them I'm recording a podcast. This is real life stuff, guys. So thanks again for listening. And I will see you next time on the One Organized Mama podcast.